It's Dr. Stu's podcast with me, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm here with my protege, Bliss Young, and this is podcast number 124. You can find us on iTunes. Give us five stars. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at drstuespodcast.com. You can email me at askdrstu at gmail.com. I do respond to all my emails, and I look forward to comments on the show and other things as well and uh, new topics and ideas. You can find uh, Bliss at... Oh, birthingbliss, B-L-Y-S-S dot com. And uh, so, well, listen, this is podcast number 124. It's going to be, uh, this is our second podcast of the new year. And we have a guest today. But before I introduce a guest, I just have a couple of things I want to talk about with Bliss. I want to know if you know why they call it a smartphone. <laughs> is this a test? I don't feel smart right now. No, because <laughs> how many people are actually doing smart things on their phone? Well, you can... Like texting while they're driving. Yeah, that's not smart. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or like looking up uh, f- or like having, you know, football scores pop up on their screen uh, or using reminders or that sort of thing. So, I mean, it is sort of one of those terms that don't you think about it? These are the things that pop into my brain sometimes. Like <laughs> when I'm, why dri- you didn't sleep when last I'm dri- night? When I'm driving here today <laughs> and I'm in the traffic and my smartphone's sending me uh, NHL hockey alerts. And I'm going, you're not being very smart right now. <laughs> so anyway, just it's one of those things. Uh, so how are you? I'm pretty good. You are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a new like initiative. You know, everybody does a new year resolution. So I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Right. That I gained while I was in midwifery school. Ah. So um, today after this, I'm going to go on a hike. So I'm kind of excited. So why does that. someone gain 20 pounds when they're in midwifery school? Uh, why did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think mid midwives tend to have a hard time really um, managing self care. Becomes something that you have to be really super conscious about um, because your schedule's all over the place. You keep weird hours. You know, it's just really it's hard to eat at home all the time. Um, but as a student, especially my student life, I had two preceptors, and um, I was driving to school every Friday. We talked about this before. Um, to San Diego all day. So it just became, um, it was all about my education and not so much about my yoga practice that I used to do five times a week when I owned the sanctuary, I'd go every morning. Um, and really, you know, managing the, what I needed to do to kind of, plus I'm getting older. Yeah. I have to, you know, I'm 46. It said something really important there. Mm -hmm. And before I bring our guests in, I just want to mention that you said about self care and, and, uh, you know, when I, when I was a resident, um, we would work from like five in the morning and be on call and then work the next day and get out around seven at night. So we'd put in like 40 hour days and then we'd be back again the next morning to do it all over again. Yeah. And uh, we were dragging and then there was a survey done and they found out there were some lot more, more errors being done because of that system. And so they put in a safety net for physicians or residents now that can't work more than 12 hours without some sort of break or something like that. And uh, I think it's affected the education, but it's also been a good thing as far as the health of um, medical students. And, I th- and yeah. midwives, you, don't, you guys don't have anybody regulating you or, or looking over you or keeping track of you. And most of you guys are not just students. You know, you have other lives, to, other things going on as well. Like I know you have your kids to raise and Right, and, and and when you're a student, you're um, you're working for free, basically, right, for many hours a week. So you've got to actually find a way to make money too. So you're working like three or four jobs 
<laughs> to be right. a student. So it was a busy time. You should, I, you should have just taken out your smartphone and asked Siri how you can make money. <laughs> Siri, how does a midwife student make money? <laughs> she would be like, uh... I found these references. <laughs> All, right. All right, so let's get, let's get down to it because today we have a, a, a special guest for us. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a mom of twins. Uh, her name is Sarah Tara Pereira. <laughs> no, Sarah Pereira. And she had twins with us uh, in 2016. We just came to the baby's one-year birthday. Yeah, we just had a birthday party last mm-hmm. month, and it was very exciting to see them. Mm-hmm. And she has a story to tell, and she's also a placental encapsulator, and among many other talents that she has. So I'm going to introduce uh, Sarah Pereira, and welcome to the Dr. Stu's podcast show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And what's your company? Mommy Feel Good. Mommy Feel Good. That's right. And you do essential oils as well. Yes. Yeah. I just started that up just before the babies were born. Yeah. I was very resistant. And then finally, I'm like, okay, I'm convinced. I'm in. <laughs> you do a lot of great videos and your website's <laughs> awesome. Thank so people you. should go and check it out. Mommyfeelgood.com. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll probably say that like six or seven <laughs> times today. Hey, so listen, um, I, I brought you on because... Uh, you know, last year we had an emergency podcast with a couple of twin moms um, because uh, what, something that was going on in Atlanta where they were ban- uh, banning choices um, with Dr. Brad Boots Taylor. And that's in a previous podcast if people want to look that up. And I wanted to, because your story, your twin story is relatively unique. crazy. <laughs> crazy is probably a better word. But, is but, it crazy? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was because it really defied a lot of the things that um, even even the, the parameters that we often use for twin birthing. But mm-hmm. but clearly, I'd like you to tell your, your sort of give give the listeners a summary sort of of how you came to the decision to do what you did at home, uh, why you chose home birthing. And we'll start from there. And then, you know, I've got a lot of questions i'm sure bliss does too okay sure um so i have been in the birth community for quite a while um i was a doula for a little while um but then my placenta business just started to really take off so i stopped doing doula work but i attended enough births um to know that i wanted a home birth (laughs) (laughs) um and this is going to sound a little kooky, but I had several psychics <laughs> tell me that I was most likely going to have boy and girl twins. Wow. And I actually remember contacting Stu like years before I even got pregnant saying, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have twins and I know I want to have them at home. And Stu basically was like, all right, well, contact me when you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, so wait, what, so why, why were you seeing psychics? Do, 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 oh, you know I've just what? always been into that kind of thing. And um, too, in my late way. 20s, I found a couple of like really good ones. Of course, you go through some not good ones. So the um, good ones, do they are they are they correct all the time, most of the time? Majority of the things were correct, yeah. And um, did you ever ask him like who's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, oh. that, that would be smart. that was not important to me. But, oh. um, yeah, so I had I think three separate psychics tell me that it was a very strong chance of boy and girl twins. And I remember the first time I was told that I was about, That's it was amazing. just before I met That's Richie, amazing. actually, I was ending a relationship with somebody else. And, um, and I told him, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have twins one day. And he was like, uh, I don't really think I, he already had kids. So he was like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to move on then. <laughs> and I met Richie like two weeks later and, um, you know, we 
got married a year later and wow. started trying for a family and it took a very long time. And then we finally got to the point where um, I was going to do IUI and I was on Clomid and I was like, oh, well, maybe this is how I'm going to have my twins. And I wasn't trying to have twins. I want to make that very <laughs> clear. I was not trying. And then we finally uh, moved to IVF and um, uh, we the doctor was very conservative. We just put in one embryo, you know, and I was, again, not trying to have twins. And then it came to the... It didn't take the first time, which is very strange because I was not having any fertility issues. We were having some issues with um, sperm. Well, see, that would have been an incredible story if you put in one embryo. And it split. And yeah. it split into I a know. girl and a boy. I know. I is that like, possible? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. That's no. why I'm saying that would have really, that would have been a really, yeah. you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be on the Lowly Doctors 2 podcast <laughs> with that one. Okay. You'd be on some major network. Yeah. That, right. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, it was coming time to uh, put in another embryo because immediately I was like, I just, let's Let's just do it again. And my entire time trying to get pregnant, I was uh, trying to avoid getting pregnant in the time of January because I did not want a Scorpio baby because <laughs> my sister and brother are Scorpios. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. So for our, for the those non no offense astrology people, when is Scorpio? Um, it's, October. It's yeah. It ends. Um, I think the beginning of, of November. Okay. So it's just before Sagittarius. Yeah. So, okay. But at this point, I was like, you know what? I don't care. Obviously, I'm going to love a Scorpio no a matter what. And I just want my baby. Yeah. See, this is, this, is, this, this is the point I have, to, I have to interrupt for a second. You know, we've got all this hashtag Me Too stuff going on and men and women are the same and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I just want people to understand that men and women are not the same. Because men do not think about what <laughs> month they want to have their babies in. Okay. That's not something that... that what are you making a face? I was gonna say, and women don't ask their psychic who's gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and women don't. That's great. There you go. So you could just you know, when you hear the stuff that men and women are the same, and and uh, yeah, all that stuff. Just 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 flash back to Doctor Stu's podcast and say that Stu wants to know Super Bowl scores, and Some Sarah women. wants to know <laughs> to what month, uh, what astro astrological right, yeah. month is best for her babies. Okay, fair and enough. And I'm going a little off course here, but I think it's a really cool story it that is. I'm about to tell here, because, um, so it came time to, better. let's go, yes, it gets better. Uh -huh. So let's, uh, you know, okay, let's do it. We didn't have the money, and I was like, I don't care, we're going to find the money, we're doing it again this coming, this next cycle. Um, so it was coming time to decide if I was going to put in one more embryo or two because my doctor's very conservative and she wanted to just do one. Did you have frozen embryos? Yes. Okay. All I right. still have four more. So the second cycle wasn't going to be as expensive as the first cycle. No, right? no. Well, the, yeah, the, the most expensive part is the extraction of the eggs. And can, and again, people listening, I, I, I'm so out of it for myself. If you don't mind telling us, what's what's that typically yeah, cost sure. uh, a, um, for a, a stimulation cycle and a retrieval cycle? What does that usually uh, cost? It was all for for all of it and the first um, uh, transfer, embryo transfer. It was roughly about sixteen thousand, I think, if that was correct, uh, somewhere around there. And then for each additional one, each additional transfer, um, it's five thousand. So yeah, like if I wanted to, if I chose to have another baby, it would be another 5,000. And it's easier at that point because I don't have to go through the retrieval right. again. It's the, already. Well, that's why it's yeah. less because yeah. they don't have to do any and of this. And when you said they're in the freezer, yeah. like at home. I've got, no, no at, in Westwood <laughs> at the And you have to pay for them yes. to keep it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually we just got our yearly bill and my husband's saying, oh, we're good. We're good. And I'm saying, oh, I don't want to close the door yet. So. Mm. Well, can I ask uh, when they stimulated you, how many did you get? Uh, I got 21. 
Uh, that's an astronaut. That's a very high number. Most I got people- 21 eggs, but only 14 were viable. And then only, let's see how many took. Uh, I think seven took. Like d- seven uh, embryos. Em- embryos, embryos. Cre- were created. How do they decide that they're viable? Um, genetically tested? I did genetically test uh-huh. everything, but it's basically, um, I don't, I don't actually don't know how oh, they okay. knew what well, was the Well, the, the ones that are divided. The ones that became embryos. Yes, uh, the ones that became embryos. Seven. Yeah, right. I don't know much about this Yeah, process, so honestly. one of them, the first one didn't take, mm-hmm. and then um, obviously Cash and Poppy took, <laughs> and uh, we still have four more. And how old were you uh, when you did the first site, when they did the stimulation cycle? Uh, 36. Did they test your blood and do some things on you first to see, for lack of a better term, what the uh, fertilizability? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, she checked me. She checked my husband and all of that. Um, but I had already been um, sort of examined, not not to the extent of the IVF doctor, but we knew that it was more of a sperm issue. My husband had had cancer um, in his early 30s, and he was a motorcycle messenger for years. And so I think there was just... You know, it was kind of inevitable that his, you know, his little guys got were going to have up a little bit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is funny because my acupuncturist kept saying, you know, you need to have your husband checked. You need to have your husband checked, and I was like, no, no, I think he's fine. And it was all I was focusing all on me, um, which was great because. No, you know. and the beauty of the, getting the husband checked is it's real easy to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot easier to work up the, the mail because yeah. it's basically, excuse sir, take this, go into the bathroom and, <laughs> and oh, thank you very much. And you're done, and the guy's done. Yeah, I think I embarrassed a guy one time when we were at, when we were still doing the IUI with a different doctor. Um, my sis- my husband ran into this guy that he knew and then it was his time to go into the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, okay, have fun. <laughs> And he was a little embarrassed. Yeah. I probably would have said that too, <laughs> to be honest. He didn't like Sounds that like the perfect thing to say. Um, so yeah, anyway, going back really quickly. Um, so it was time to uh, decide one embryo or two. And I was talking to my friend who's also my acupuncturist. And um, we, you know, were, she, we basically decided to have lunch to sort of go over the whole, you know, pros and cons of doing one over two. Because I, I was at the point where I was like, I can't do a third cycle if this one doesn't take. Like, it's just getting really expensive. Um, cause you know, twins are cheap in general. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, met my, I, the night before that, cause this is a big decision. I, again, even though my psychics have all said, you know, you might have twins. I wasn't trying to have twins. It was more, okay, if it happens, I'll accept that. Uh, so the next morning I was supposed to go be meeting, meeting Abigail. Um, and I was in the bathtub and I said, I was trying to connect to these two souls that I knew would come in regardless if they were twins or not. Um, and I was said in my mind, I was like, okay, you guys need to give me some signs because this is a very big decision. So if you need to come in together, then you need to give me some signs and sort of left it at that. Next morning, I, uh, first thing I was pathetic. First thing I do look at Facebook on my phone. Uh, and I see on your smartphone <laughs> on my smartphone. <laughs> right. Uh, I see my friend, my, one of my best friends. Uh, her sister has twin boys, and the very first image that comes on my phone is it's their birthday, and it's a picture of them. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then I scroll. N- very next picture, ex- next image was a home birth uh, of a woman who just delivered twins <laughs> at home, and that was the next image. And I was like, okay. I'm, I, I hear you guys. And then I get in my car to go meet Abigail. And um, 
very first thing on the radio. As soon as I turn the radio on, these twin girls are being interviewed. They're musicians and they're being interviewed on the radio. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> then <laughs> I go to lunch. And as soon as we walk into this restaurant, there's a mom with boy and girl twins. Wow. This is all before noon wow. the next day. So I told my doctor this story and she said, okay, so what I'm hearing is that we're going to put in two embryos <laughs> and the rest is history. They took. Amazing. So anyway, so, but back to your original question. Um, <laughs> what was my original <laughs> which question? Which was, <laughs> why did I decide to have twins at home? Um, I just, I've been to enough births. Um, How hos- many births Hospital births. Do you think I mean, you not did? a ton. I think I did about eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and... A couple of them were at home. Abigail was one of the home births, and my other friend Carolyn was a home birth. And um, by far, <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm. I want my babies at home mm-hmm. for sure." Yeah, I just don't. I don't want to. I'm not the type of person that wants to be managed. I don't. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you do know. I do know. I. I've just seen too much at the hospitals, and obviously, hospitals are wonderful things, and we need them. When we need when them. we need them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we I do. just I didn't want that. I didn't want that experience. And um, obviously, things went uniquely. At well, let's my talk birth, about that. Let's talk about that. From uh, the, tell us the, how you the felt when you came in to, to the infertility specialist mm-hmm. six seven weeks after the reimplantation, and they did an ultrasound, and you saw. I saw twins. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I saw their little sacks when I was still at the IVF doctor. Um, little Poppy was teeny tiny compared to her brother, even at 10 weeks when they were just little little sacks. Yeah, I remember you said that a lot throughout yeah. your pregnancy. Yeah, and the doctor, the IVF doctor said, oh, you know, just make sure your primary doctor knows, you know, that this might become an issue, might not, but, you know, this baby B is about half the size of baby A. And this was very early on. That was very early on. But she consistently grew um, at her own pace and her own rate. But um, yeah, I mean, it was when I... Well, it's funny because we did the blood test, right? The doctor tells you not to do a home pregnancy test just in case. Like they want you to wait until you do the blood test at the doctor. Why is that? I guess just for possible <laughs> yeah, fault. Good I don't know. They don't want you to. I get wonder how many people actually listen overly- to that. I did actually. I did listen. I never. I have yet to this day had a positive home pregnancy test because I just waited and I was like, okay, I'll wait until the blood test. Wow. Um, so anyway, so I don't think Blister I would have waited. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I don't. me too well. So yeah. they called me and told me. Um, what, how did that work? I, f- I forget. Basically, I got the number. You know, they give you the, the blood number, test the number, blood right. test number. And then I think the next day it was like triple the number mm-hmm. or something. And I said to the nurse, I was like, so do you think it's twins? And she's like, um, <laughs> I do, but let's wait and see what the doctor says. And so it was exciting and also scary at the same time. Like, oh, fuck, what have I done? I don't know if I can cuss on a <laughs> yes, podcast. Yes, we're a podcast. You, you can say fuck all you want. <laughs> when Ooh, did, did I just say that? When did you know it was boy and girl? <laughs> Um, we knew beforehand because we did the genetic testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you did pre-implantation genetic testing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was another $4,000. But my dad uh, paid for that. He sprung for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he paid for the genetic testing. And um, we we saw that we had four boys and four girls. Or Sorry, four boys and three girls. And 
we put in a girl the first time around, and then uh, this time around, the doctor said, "Okay, well, I'm just going to put in the best, you know, the the best two embryos that I think look the the, the healthiest." Yeah. And they were two boys, and I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a boy and a girl. We're going to do this." So yeah, so we knew all along. Oh, so you did have a little bit of a hand in your fate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if I if I was good at quotes, there's a great quote from the end of The Hobbit uh, yeah. about just because you had a ha- you know a hand in what happened doesn't mean it wasn't faded. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I I believe that fully. Uh, you know, because if we didn't have sperm issues, maybe you know maybe all of this happened the way that it, it, did, it did because we needed to have IVF to have twins. But you mentioned yeah. something that's very important because one of the parameters that that all medical residents and uh, OB doctors follow when it comes to twins is is significantly watching what's called discordance or the difference mm-hmm. in weight between the two twins and difference in grow difference in growth and we'd like to see that be within twenty percent of each other. Yeah. Uh, Poppy was never within twenty percent of no. of cash. She wasn't. So um, and I remember for the beginning part of it, you were pretty chill and cool about all that, and then I started <laughs> to see that you were getting a little well, like. Uncomfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, because te- by, te- by definition, she was growth restricted. You know, by the measurements and by the dates, she was below the third percentile right. in, in everything. But she kept... She kept growing at her pace. And also her environment, her biophysical profile, her fluid around her were all normal. And we also knew, obviously, that they were what we call dicor- diamniotic, dichorionic twins because they were two separate embryos and a boy and a girl so we knew we didn't have to worry about twin twin transfusion syndrome which is something you worry about when one twin is big and one twin is mm-hmm. little so <clears throat> in the in the home birth model or in the model of an individual practitioner we have the ability to individualize our care whereas if if you had been a patient in a kaiser system or something else i can you know we already know and we'll probably talk about that in a minute of how this would have gone so right. differently than it yeah. went. Another reason that I chose you <laughs> as my doctor, I knew, I knew, I mean, I had already been exposed to you in the birth world and I'd met you at Beanie Birth and all of that before. And I remember thinking, oh, if I have twins, I'm definitely going to deliver with this guy. And I just knew that you were more open to, you know, I again, I didn't want to be managed and I didn't want to be a statistic and I didn't want it to be, well, no, this is what we do when we have twins. And I was no way going to automatically have a cesarean because I had twins, not even. No, have and we had a lot of discussions. Chance, we talked a little you know? bit about, you know, uh, if if Poppy, the, the girl, shows signs of distress or signs there's a problem, then you were, you know, you were the first to say, yeah, we're done. We're going to the hospital, yeah. that sort of thing. And then when labor came, if she showed signs of problems, we talked about this in detail, I remember that if she doesn't seem to tolerate the contractions because she has a little placenta and who knows if the, if the, what her reserve is, that then we would also be quick to go to the hospital. But yes. to not give you the opportunity just didn't seem right. Yeah, and I, that's what I had told myself. I, I had sort of um, uh, prepared myself that, you know, obviously, obviously there is a chance that I might have to transfer. And I told myself if Stu says that that is the most, you know, the, the best decision, then I trust that that is the best decision. You know, I know that you're not somebody to quickly, you know, give up, not, it's not the right term, but like give up on somebody. Right. I, I knew that if it was necessary for us to transfer the hospital, then that was 
the safest and best decision. And in a home birth delivery, whether it's with Stu or twins or whatever, trust is one of the most yeah. important things that we develop with our yeah, clients, exactly. you know, for that reason. If if it, the time has come where we really need to make that kind of decision, um, it's just so important. Yeah. Yeah. So we got through the pregnancy, <laughs> all right? We got to 37 weeks with twins. Generally what happens in the hospital at 37 weeks with twins is what? You get uh, oh induced. Yeah. Right. Well, they probably section you. Or section you. <laughs> I yeah. don't even and think sure they bother the inducing with you. With the discordance with the two twins, they probably would have sectioned you. Now, yeah. Now, uh, Cash was first and Cash was head down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they were both head down for well, quite a they while. They were both head yeah. down, correct. But, you know, in my in my world, all that I really care about is that the first one is in what what I would call a longitudinal lie, mm-hmm. which means that the baby's either head down or it's in a proper breach position. So Cash was very accommodating, was in head, basically head down the whole time. But then you got to 38 weeks. And, and there was that thir- there yeah, was oh. that fear that you were going to be gone and that was like such a stress for me. Oh yeah, when You're, was that? It was Where Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I oh, yeah, I, I did go away for a couple of days. You did. I? Yeah, and I remember we had a backup, oh, right? God. Yes, so yeah. I had a backup um mm-hmm. at good Where was he? Not good Sam. Yeah, at good Sam. Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers. Yeah, Dr. Who Rogers was great. Good Sam and yeah, he's still great. Yeah, and he was very <laughs> I only met with him once, but he really uh calmed me in the sense of like, okay, I found somebody else at a hospital that is going to allow me to at least attempt to do this, you know. Yeah, and it's really what's really interesting about it is I, I can tell it now because it's old news. <clears throat> I went to meet to hit, meet him to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Good Sam has like a circular driveway yeah. in front, okay? And he said just park in the circular driveway and I'll come down to you. Okay. So it's kind of like I was meeting Deep Throat in the parking lot in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Because he didn't want anybody overhearing our conversation oh, in the hospital. Oh, wow. All right. So that he just secretive. came down and we, 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 sat, we stood by my car and we just chatted and we talked about you and we oh, gave him some records, that. I think, and that sort of thing. But he, he didn't want to be seen with you. <laughs> he didn't want to be seen with me. How <laughs> oh, funny. Well, and then I love the fact that even after, uh, you know, obviously you came back and I hadn't delivered yet. And then he asked you if he could still attend the birth because he wanted to witness a twin home birth himself didn't work out that way but that would have been cool yeah yeah was he working or we just didn't call him i think he was on call or i don't know i don't know if you called him or not but yeah yeah and since that time we've had we've had another physician uh or actually one resident one physician come to some of our births recently we had another twin birth we had a a a local physician come oh cool yeah to a birth and he's getting frustrated with the hospital system so we're hoping that 2018 is a big year for the uh, Birthing Instincts team, yeah. we might maybe get another physician to join awesome. us Woo-hoo, at least great. for part-time. Okay, so then you. 38 weeks came along. Mm-hmm. And then 39 weeks came along. <laughs> uh-huh. And then and 40 my, weeks my came along. My poor mom, I mean, she came to, she really wanted to be there for the birth, so she came at 38 weeks. And it was like, oh, you know, it could, it could be any day. It could be any night. So, And she went really fast with all three of us, so we thought that I would go pretty fast. And so she was here three weeks before they were born. Where'd she come from? Merced in yeah. Central California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then 39 weeks comes and then 40 weeks comes. <laughs> so do you think that, that, she w- that it went so long because your mother was? No. Mo- <laughs> okay. No. no, I think p- little Poppy, gosh, could you imagine if she'd been born any earlier? She needed yeah, that time. Yeah, she did it, although she probably wasn't growing that well anyway uh, in her yeah. little space. But, but but we were following her very closely. Yeah. How often? Was I just seeing you twice a week or was I seeing you no, more than twice a week? No, towards the end it was once a week. Um, and we did 
I think we did one or two membrane strips. Yeah, but I was Sweet. I was following them with ultrasound. Yes, and I was yeah, checking yeah, yeah. on. I think that growth. was at the end. It was once a week. Um, That's good because I usually would have done it <laughs> twice a week at this point. I when you got over, maybe overdue. you did. I you know what yeah. I think you did. I, think I don't it, have your prenatal I think in record week 40, here. Um, it was tw- it was twice a week. Yep. Um, yeah, and then it just <laughs> I was moving on to almost forty-one weeks with twins. Yeah, you were, I think you went into labor when you were about forty weeks and five days or something. I delivered them one day shy of forty-one, 41 weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think the next day you delivered um, them. And I was just, I had so much heartburn. I was just done. I was so done. And so, yes, without telling my team, uh-huh. <laughs> don't do this, people. But without telling my team, I took a, I made a induction smoothie. <laughs> and to be completely honest, I didn't tell you guys because I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to come. Good old castor oil. They're going to come when they're going to come. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just the castor oil. Yeah, Apparently, if you do it this combination, it works. If you do just the castor oil, it's just a mess. Um, so I have a question for you. Your fertility doctor told you not to do a pregnancy test at home, <laughs> and you didn't do one. <laughs> and you and trust you guys didn't tell and me you trust, not to and do And you trust an me, smoothie. but you did, you did it behind our back. <laughs> you you talked to us about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. It's your um, birth. It really I think is your birth. I didn't want to be talked out of it, and I think <laughs> I didn't think it was going to work. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did this smoothie. It was apricot nectar and almond butter. Only a tablespoon of castor oil and uh, lemon. Ver- it, was supposed to, it said lemon verbena drops, but mm-hmm. I couldn't find those. Anywhere. Where did you find so the I recipe? Just made fresh lemon verbena tea. Um, a little birdie told me. I can't, oh, I'll all right. Know. No, you don't have to tell me who it was. <laughs> uh, but I'm just curious because only a teaspoon of castor oil doesn't sound like. Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's two tablespoons. So or yeah, a shot I took, glass of it. Yeah. I took that around five thirty ish on Friday. And nothing was really happening. I mean, around 7.30-ish, I kind of started feeling, I don't know, it felt more like Braxton Hicks. It wasn't really anything to write home about. But I think I did text Stu and said, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little crampy, but not not much. And uh, we had a nice meal that night. My mom made shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ate well, had a glass of wine, um, went to bed around 11 feeling nothing and thinking, well, that was stupid. That stupid smoothie didn't do anything. (laughs) Um, And then I woke up a couple hours later and I was feeling it. And I I remember texting Stu. I'm like, I think I might be having contractions. It like sort of comes up through my uterus and wraps around my back. And um, so we had a little text exchange going back and forth. And within like two hours after me texting you, I think it was, I had bloody show and or not bloody show, but fresh. Yeah, that would yeah, be bloody I guess show. that is bloody show. Yeah, um, it's been so long <laughs> since <laughs> I was at a birth other than mine. Uh, yeah, and then I was in. I was managing it on my own for a couple hours. My mom and my husband had no clue. Um, and within a couple hours of me texting you, I was in full on contraction mode. And this would have been the Saturday morning. Then. Yeah. So yeah. then it turned into Saturday morning. You said you were going to call, and I was so worried that you know. It was it was going to be false, and you guys are all going to get to Altadena, and it was you're going to have to go home. And um, Stu's like, no, no, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, so that started. I think full, contractions were full on like around three o'clock in the morning. You guys were there by four, and uh, you set up the tub, labored yeah, in the you tub. You had a whole team. Oh my god, I had like the besides world us. There. <laughs> I had my mom there, you, uh-huh. Beth. 
Stu, uh, Catalina, Katie Hamilton, who is... Uh, uh, Michelle O'Donnell is just laughing right now. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Yeah, he thinks uh, women should labor by themselves. And when we have like yeah. a, a, a herd of people there. And then my friend Hillary, who's had four kids of her own, but has never attended a birth, really wanted to be there. My friend Claire wanted to take photos. Um, God, who else was there? Your dogs. My dogs, <laughs> who kept checking on me every now and again. Yeah. All right, um, in the interest of time, because we're yes, we're, we're going to run slow, so I'm going to move us forward to the fact that when you felt like pushing, about what time was that? Do you remember that? Um, I think that was, what, like around 2 or 3 Well, how long did you push before we I decided to I intervene? I actually don't remember. I don't remember how long She was in the tub first. You were pushing. Yeah, the, I, well, the, I was the, in the tub the, tub the whole time, yeah. and you made me get out of the tub for a little while because my contractions had slowed. And I, rem- I remember <clears> after about, I don't know, seemed like an hour. <clears throat> I don't know how long it was, but I was in the shower, and I said, I remember saying, I'm getting back in the fucking tub. I don't care what you guys say. Because <laughs> that really makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so then you said I could start pushing, uh, and Richie was behind me. And we were we were listening to both twins really frequently. I think at that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was and, really checking um, on Poppy a lot, and I had my ultrasound machine there too. Although we didn't use it at that point, we didn't use it till you. Yeah. After, after and you had warned me that I likely would have to deliver on land, as you say. Yeah. Um, which you know. And I we didn't... had talked. We had talked extensively about the, what the possibilities were yes. for the second twin. Yes, which I totally put out of my mind. I remember that day at the office, and I just remember thinking, no. My psychics told me everything's going to be fine. <laughs> so I didn't even like listen to what you said. Yeah. Um, and I always knew. I always knew she was going to be fine. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> we, we, have, we know something that the listeners don't know yet. So we're going to get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah, we'll get to that. Anyway, right. so I'll try to hurry this up. Okay, so I don't remember how long I was pushing in the water, but it was very ineffective. And I do remember thinking in my mind, uh, maybe you should push a little harder. <laughs> but I was so scared of tearing, which is inevitable anyway. And it, ugh, I don't know why I was holding back, but I do think I was holding back a little bit. Um, and the inevitable happened. People, yes, I pooed a little bit in the pool. That happens. You <laughs> gotta let it my, go. With my husband behind me. You gotta Sorry, let it buddy. go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, you had said, you know, this is not very effective. Actually, you had said, I think we need to use the vacuum because um, his head was just not quite on the cervix properly, right? It was like he was tilted a little bit. Well, the bit. cervix was gone, but he was what we call asynclitic, right. yeah. Um, so, and usually I'm not pro-vacuum if, you know, you don't absolutely have to, but it was like music to my ears when you said, let's use the vacuum. I was like, oh, yeah. God. You were ready for a, li- you were ready for a little <laughs> Well, that's good to oh know. God, I was, I that's good to yeah. know because we were probably sitting there going, watching you push and, go, and getting, I, you know, not that Blitz will ever admit that, but sometimes we watch people push and, and we, we get really frustrated because they're <laughs> not like, pushing. They're not pushing very well, right? Yeah, yeah, I. And each time I pushed it, I got. I feel like I got a little better. It was like you know a little practice each time. Um, but finally, when we moved to the bed, we we transferred everything into the bedroom. Um, I remember that last push. I, I definitely <sighs> left my body. I think for a few moments here and there, and I remember the last push. Something just came came into my body and was like okay you this is it it's like now or never you got it because it took you well the first three times with the vacuum it popped off popped off right so this was now the fourth time and there was this something just sort of came inside of me and was like you need to you need to help this guy out yeah because <laughs> at this point i needed to help you out more than you needed to help me out 
Well, I, I think we were, we're, 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 we're really together, resisting but. like cutting an episiotomy or yeah. doing all things. You know, those things, again, because of the midwifery model and stuff, we tend not to want to do interventions like cut an episiotomy. But there are times where I kick myself afterwards for saying, you know what, I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm resisting too much. Would, this would have been much smoother and a much easier repair and everything else if we had just... Yeah, who knows. Right. But but we it, don't. It, it is what it is, and it was fine. But uh, yeah, there was this sort of, uh, I don't know, voice or something inside of me that was like, okay, you need to get this boy out. Like, you need to push as hard as you possibly can. And I, I, I sort of remember all of you, your encouragements and everything, and all of a sudden I was like, all right, let's do this. And, and we got him out on that fourth try. And he was freaking huge. Yeah. <laughs> what he did he weigh? Eight four. Eight, eight four. pounds four for, for a twin. Two. That's big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, wait till you hear the. <laughs> wait, till, wait till you hear about Poppy. All right. So, uh, we he went on your belly. Yeah. And uh, I think was Beth was Beth watching him. I think we were. I think we worked on him a little bit. You worked. Beth, on, yeah, you worked on worked both babies on a little bit. But. Beth worked on him first and then handed him over. Yeah, because when, then Poppy came out. Yeah, because yeah. you were still obviously helping. Yeah, Stu we took the ultrasound him. machine out at that point, and Poppy initially I think was fine. She was head down. She was way high up still because she was off in her Negative little bag three, up on the left yeah. side, and uh, then suddenly Poppy's heart rate went down to yeah seventy or eighty. And I was still in the bliss of just delivering. Cash and thinking, oh, he's so beautiful. Oh, yes. that, all that hair. He, that's where my heartburn came from. And the whole. You know. Yeah. So and, pa- so but pa- I remember seeing you, and all of a sudden I was, I was like, oh. Yeah, Stu, I went into Dr. Fi- I went into yeah. Dr. Fishbine mode. I was yeah. no longer Dr. Stu. I was in Dr. Fishbine and mode. And I said, I remember saying, is she okay? And you said, no, she's not okay. We need to get her out immediately. Yeah, that, that I was basically <laughs> expressing my own anxiety <laughs> yeah. at that point. I know. Right. Uh, Beth had told me later. She's like, I've never heard Stu say something like that in front of a client. Yeah, because <laughs> she was so high up, there was I couldn't put a vacuum on. I couldn't do anything yeah. with her. So I had seen once in my life someone do something called an internal pedalic version. You know, it's the old see one, do one, teach one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I knew how to do it. All right, but I'd never done one. And certainly never done one in that. Say, I've done breech extractions That's before. That's so funny because for some reason I thought this was your third time doing it. No, no, no. <laughs> I I've didn't done, know until I've this done moment. breech extractions before, where you reach up. It's I've reached right. up and pulled out a lot of babies yeah, in my yeah. career. Mm-hmm. That's different because they're they're already transverse or whatever. You can find the feet. With Poppy, I had to reach up. I had to break her bag of waters. Mm-hmm. I had to push her head out of the way, and I had to go find her feet, and then and way up high. You know, I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was up to my elbow probably. Uh huh. And we had no that. anesthesia, <laughs> and we were talking you through it, and we found Poppy's feet, and uh, pulled Pop, and Poppy came out obviously very easily, yeah, because she was uh, tiny. It was mm-hmm. right. not easy for me, though. <laughs> right. I mean, no, and then, of and it then wasn't. Uh, Poppy needed a little bit of uh, a couple of breaths and a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, resuscitation, but Beth did a great a job with her. But so she was still connected to the core. She was connected, so and she was coming around, and. There was no reason to call the paramedics. It turns out later on, however, that we found out she only weighed four pounds six ounces. Right. So she's just a little little over half the size of the other one. Yeah. Which, uh, which now? How are they now? By the way. Oh, I mean, he's still bigger, but um, she's she's getting a little porky herself. They're so so cute. Oh my god. But I'll tell you, this was this was an example of of great teamwork, and I had Mm -hmm. a great team. I had you. I had your family who remained cool, even though everybody was watching with this intense. Yes. Wait, how many people? There were like twelve people. Yeah, there in were. the room. Right I now. did yeah. find out though later, just recently, that my one friend uh, loved her to death, but she 
<laughs> she she was a little more uh, traumatized, traumatized yeah. and told all of my group of friends that Poppy almost died. And I really kind of, she didn't at all. You know, like I, it, I always knew she was totally fine. And obviously if there was a real issue, you guys would have called the paramedics. Yes, and, we would you have. Know, it, that was not necessary. Yeah, we uh, would have. I think she just needed a little more time. You know, she wasn't prepared to be born eight minutes after her brother, you know, yeah. but she needed to be right because of her heart rate. So, yeah, she would have been happy to stay in another week or two. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'll right. stay right here. Uh, but anyway, everything came around. Yeah. And uh, of course, just to, to summarize, because we are running out of time, you ended up then having your uterus didn't clamp down real well. We ended up having to give you IVs. You lost a lot of blood. Uh, we were thinking about transporting you, but you, <laughs> you refused to go. I don't recall that conversation. Yeah, I didn't want to go. <laughs> but and I didn't want to so go. So we stuck an IV in you. Again, we used all our, all our training and this is what we train for. We don't train for the baby that falls out. We don't train to do a pap smear. We train for these kinds of yeah. events. And, and from, you know, my perspective, this is a, this is a birth I'll remember all my life because, because they're so cute and because, <laughs> uh, because of your story and because of the, the um, the actual the weight difference the the going to forty almost forty one weeks the you know the fluid was clear for both babies neither baby was in distress at all during labor yeah never the vacuum was only done because you were getting wiped out you were, yeah. and the baby was there and she was ready she said it you know you yeah. really were ready it for was I offered support. to help you and you said mm-hmm. yes I mean yeah. you could have said yeah. no and I would have done nothing no it was and like then, I said, and then and then <laughs> you know Poppy came out. Uh, and uh, she was so tiny. She was. Yeah. And that's what I said. I remember being completely out of it because I definitely left my body when that whole situation and we was kept, happening. And, we, and, and because you lost a lot of blood, we kept you in bed for days. And yeah. We, and then weeks. you had milk production issues and we had the whole community rallied. Yes. Right. They, Lots of milk they, donated. So much milk. I ne- mm-hmm. They never had, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but they, I, they never had formula. Uh, they, I had milk from day one all the way up until 10 months. That's We've, amazing. We still, I was using that uh, SNS and, you know, every feeding except for in the middle of the night, we would use the lactation aid with donor And milk. SNS is? The um, supplemental su- nursing system. Yes, thank you. This right. was a DIY one um, that worked better than the store-bought ones. So um, it has like a little syringe and a yeah. and like a tube, right? Yeah. That the right goes into their yeah. mouth. Yeah, so they, they nurse um, and get their supplement at the same time yeah. instead of getting used to a bottle. Um, so yeah, the community was amazing. They, and you were amazing. That takes a lot of dedication to do that thanks. for 10 months. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. It and, was a lot. And part of, I think, why we really will remember this story is because, you know, there was a lot that went on that day. And at the end, you really were really happy with your experience and your choice. I actually want to say that because, um, you know, Beth and you, you know, you said that was a very traumatic birth. And, you know, (laughs) you you need to take care of yourself because that was very traumatic. And I just kept hearing the word traumatic. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I know it was different because I've been to a lot of births and I know this was not the same as those. But I didn't see it as traumatic. That's to good. me, I got the birth that I wanted. Yeah. I really did. Um, everything about it, you know, because obviously I knew there were things that could not go wrong, but there were things that might not go exactly as, uh, you know, I see some of your other twin births at home and I'm like, oh, yeah, mine was not that. <laughs> no. Mine was not that. No. But um, I still got the birth that I, I wanted. Right. And um I just, you know, thank you guys so much for trusting me to do that. And 
I don't know if you want me to say this, but Hillary had told me because she said you were shaking <laughs> afterwards. And, oh yeah, and, yeah, that I was. Yeah, and you, know what and that's you from, had though. told her it was just adrenaline. It's adrenaline yeah. rush. Yeah. yeah, but apparently you had told her, you know, if it was anybody else, I would have transferred them. But I knew Sarah could do it, which you can edit that out if you want to. But I that just like I don't know that makes me feel so good that you trusted that I get through that you know and and we knew that you and that you knew that's what i really wanted. wanted yeah right and that's the you know, again uh, some people are going to listen to this and think this was crazy some people yeah. are gonna look at this and think this was negligent some people are going to look at this and think this was wonderful this this whole story the the reason i i uh, wanted to have you on was because you know because it was so great to see them at their one-year birthday party <laughs> but the reason i wanted to have you on was because i want people to understand that that the decision of how to give birth shouldn't belong to an institution. It shouldn't be one size fits all. I was at the um, the ACOG meeting last April and Johns Hopkins presented their twin protocol and how they deal with twins at Johns Hopkins. And it was about a 40 minute presentation, I think. And not once during the presentation did they, did they ever talk about the woman with the babies inside them as a human being. Mm. This is how we do it. We go from here, we move to the OR, this is what we do. Yeah. When we do, we, we rupture the membrane and this is, and, and this is how we do our twin deliveries, and we have very yeah. good results doing it that way. Great, you have very good results, maybe biologically, but uh, you know how many these women could have done it on their own and maybe changed their whole life experience yeah, exactly. based on that. So good things can happen at home, bad things can happen yeah. at home, but good things and bad things also can happen in the hospital. And ultimately, the, the mission that, that I'm on and that Birthing Instincts is on is to make sure that people understand that they have a choice. There was nothing about your pregnancy at any given time until the, until the last minute, that mm-hmm. would indicate that any you needed to go to, you, you need to be intervened upon. Right. Oh, there's discordant. Well, so what? You're twins, so what? You're first-time mom, so what? You're IVF, so what? You're over 35, so what? Right. All right? None of, but but all, every one of those things would have been pig-piled on you right. had you been in a conventional totally. practice. Absolutely. And what happened, you were prepared for. You knew that that might happen. Yeah. This you know, well, and I, got, yeah. I was lucky because I trained in an era where yeah. we learned these skills. Yeah. And so it was just, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, even though I had my, my blood pressure was way up and my <laughs> pulse was way up for like an hour or two afterwards, I, I really felt like an obstetrician there. I yeah. really feel like the, that the reason I went to medical school and residency and all those hours was something so that we could do that. And that, yeah. that, that, that's a real feeling of satisfaction that I don't know that a lot of my colleagues get these right. days. Right. I mean, thank God you learned that, <laughs> you know, and, and thank God. I, I'm just so grateful that you are you and that you are an option for people who want to do this. You know, I'm on these twin uh, twin mom groups on Facebook and stuff. And and I I feel guilty sometimes when a bunch of them are saying, oh, my doctor wants to induce and they want to do this and they want to do that. And I say, oh, well, and I kind of tell my story and. They don't have that they option. They don't have that no, option, there's that where option they are. Very many and it's places. so sad. It just makes me so sad that they don't even have the option. Well, I'm Sarah, thank you for coming on our show. Thank you. Uh, it's we great really to appreciate see you. you being here. Um, again, this has been podcast number 124 of Dr. Seuss Podcast. This has been uh, Sarah Pereira's podcast number one. Yes. She says her very first <laughs> podcast. So, I'm a virgin. Yeah, thank you. You did a great job. <laughs> We're really happy to have you. We're really happy to hear your story. I will make sure that any comments I get, I will, I will give you feedback too. So we look forward to listening. You, li- you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on drstewspodcast.com. We'll be on Facebook as well. Again, uh, for Bliss Young and Sarah Prayer, this is Dr. Stuart Fishbein signing off from podcast number 124.